1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Real growers use True North Equipment, the premier provider of John Deere products and services. Schedule your post-harvest equipment inspection today so your equipment is prepared for go time. True North Equipment is offering no payments, no interest financing on inspections, parts, and services until November 2023. Minimum $200 purchase for inspections of tractors, combines, seating, hay, and windrowers and spraying. Schedule today on the My True North customer portal at TrueNorthEquipment.com.
0: Hi, I'm Maria.
2: And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready.
0: ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready.
2: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
0: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
2: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
3: Extra, extra. Read all about it. Another day, another housewife arrested. Child, what year is this? 2021, it seems to track. Listen, that that lady y'all like that went to their reunion and said she black and y'all can't be calling her aggressive because she be throwing shoes and glasses and be swinging on people and doing all that aggressive shit. She she said she she said y'all can't call her aggressive. Well, that lady she in jail right now. We waiting for her to get out. She uh went in with a full face of makeup and some braids. She must have (laughs) known she must have known they was coming for ass. So, oh Lord, I'm gonna let me I give you the scoop in a minute. This is your weekly reality tv roundup episode of me and you the housewives and marvel 2 Woo! Uh, orange is the new black edition let's go hey guys this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek i'm kendrick host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. I don't know if I should call this the Real Housewives of Oz, the Real Housewives of uh, Orange is the New Black, the Real Housewives of Wentworth. I mean, I don't you know, I'm still I'm still mulling over the title. We'll we'll talk about the title, I guess, another day. I just listen, the people I was sitting here minding my damn business, my whole phone. I'm talking about my whole phone was on Do Not Disturb. I was not paying attention. I finally looked at my watch because I kept seeing it doing something. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was prepping for a meeting. I had a whole, ho, 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 a whole meeting, a meeting, a whole, a whole Zoom call. I was getting ready for the Zoom call. I don't know what was going on. I finally, finally looked at my phone and there was a million. I'm talking about a million Instagram messages, text messages, messages from everybody. And I'm like, okay. What the hell is going on, Chad? I'm thinking, you know, Beyonce dropped the album or something. I'm, I'm, I'm headed down to uh, Apple Music trying to see if she about to give us some, uh, <laughs> some of that uh, uh, Lion King music to dance to. I didn't know what was going on. I was go, I was go roll to it though. Come to find out, news had broke that Jen Shaw and her quote unquote assistant Stuart smith had allegedly profited by generating lists of victims for targeting and directing co-conspirators to defraud them now keep in mind all this is alleged Jen shot don't come suing my ass i ain't got shit for you you better uh sue them victims to get your shit back but listen oh my god the, the story i'm talking about everybody was losing their damn minds and what's crazy is Do y'all remember back to the reunion when they asked the lady what exactly she did and how she got her money and everybody but her had to explain the shit because she could not come up with a good enough lie to tell y'all see that. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all better quit getting scammed by these damn reality stars. I done told you. I done told Let them scam you out of uh, buying some good hair or some good facial products or something. Don't be telling these people your phone numbers. They put you on a list. And uh, then next thing you know, your damn grandmama can't collect her social security because of these people. I'm telling y'all. Oh, Lord. Come to find out. The story that's being reported right now is that the ladies of Salt Lake City were filming today. All of them were apparently on a cast trip. I don't know if they're in Colorado or something. I don't know. Child, they went from cold to cold. I don't know what the hell going on. But all of a sudden, Jen Shaw apparently, allegedly, went up to the producers and said that my husband is having an emergency. I got to go. Child, Jen Shaw booked it the fuck up out of there they said five minutes later, them people down there, uh, uh apple picking in the orchard and all kinds of shit, whatever the hell y'all doing Colorado, but uh, they, they over there smoking dope. No, i just playing. Don't sue me. Y'all <laughs> whatever you do in Colorado, their asses was doing. They said the feds and SWAT came in there five minutes later looking for her ass, baby. I hope every minute of this is shown on these people's TV screen. Cause I'm ready to see it. Matter of fact, skip over Beverly Hills. We don't think we we know their ass is lying. they're not going to show us shit. Go straight to Salt Lake City. I don't give a damn about Erica Jane scamming ass. We knew her and Tom allegedly. were scammers anyway, so i'm I'm not look i I need to know about this. I especially need to know how Mary Cosby is handling all of this because let listen, Mary. If you unblock me on Instagram, I'll tell you some reads to give Jen every time you see her. Next time you see her, she will have them same braids in her head. So make sure you say, look or uh, you wanna be black motherfucker. See, look, I'm let me stop. Mary, I'ma send you an email. I'ma drop an email. I'ma send it to Charlinda. Now I don't know if Charlinda know how to check her email, cause y'all all three of y'all in the house strike me like y'all don't really work emails and text messages and uh, uh chat snaps and all that kind of stuff <laughs> y'all don't know how to do that what the gram insta and all like that the box x y'all don't know how to work none of that stuff so i'ma i'ma mail you a letter and it's gonna be filled with reads and if you if he if god places it on your heart to unblock me i'll appreciate it and me and you will we'll discuss some reads you can give her all throughout the season you just look at it you said. uh Take one of Jackie lines. Just look at her and say, uh, "Ooh, did you get that confidence in jail? Next time she say, because, you know, she's been to jail now. So you can, you can say that, Mary. I'm trying to help you out, Mary. Mary J. Blige, I'm trying to help you. Uh, you are everything and everything is you. I'm Look, I'm trying to told you. I'm trying to told you. Look, let me get off of this because I can go in on Jen Shaw's ass for another 30 minutes. I'm not going to do it. Because we going to have no fun about this shit on Instagram like we've been doing. Child, y'all lit my ass up. I don't know what to do. Look how goddamn fast I'm talking right now. I'm sitting up and talking like Speedy Gonzalez. I don't know what to do right now. we going to go on and we just go, whew. The first thing we're going to do is jump in to Married to Medicine because... You know what, as a matter of I'm going to talk about Jen Shaw throughout this whole episode. Every time I'm about to switch to another show, I'm going to just remind y'all that we've been seeing through that bullshit that she been doing for a long time, and that ain't finally seen it. Maybe all them damn robo-calls to my phone to stop now that they locked her ass. <laughs> Let me stop, because I'm being real low down right now. God go get my, I mean, God go get me, ooh, Chelsea. see? Now, listen, bad things are destined for my ass. Let me just move on. Let's go ahead and jump in to Married to Medicine. Seeing Simone and Michael go shopping for college is so sweet, but it's bittersweet too. Her relationship with her kids is one of the the best things about Simone. That boy said that he's cooked for himself more times in the past five years than that lady has cooked in her own kitchen. Child, catch it. And guess what? We believe it too. He said that lady don't catch nothing but money. <laughs> I know that's right, Michael. Simone brings up the fact that she's going to have a basketball game, you know, reminiscent to what season with that, like season one where they made him cry because he lost the basketball game, stuff like that. And that she's planning on having it at heavenly's house, parents versus the kids. I like that. He tells her that he wants Jackie there because you know, he's her favorite, one of her friends. And that woman actually delivered him. She wouldn't even be in this world without Jackie. She brought him in and she'll take his ass right out. <laughs> I don't know if they, if, if, you know that works out, but we go, we go, go with it. Okay. You know, uh, in Jen Shaw's America, anything is possible. Listen, before I move on, let me just say, we're only a matter of moments before we see Anila's mama, and her husband swing on each other. I promise y'all it's gonna happen. That man is sick of her shit. I'm telling y'all, look, he seems like me. I'm telling y'all, I recognize me when I see it on TV. He's at that point in his life where he is a whole adult. And fuck all of that respect thy elder shit, okay? Respect these hands. How about that? Respect these five fingers that ball up and are ready to throw them. That's how he feels, okay? When that dad pulls Anila aside, that man said, "Look, one of us is gonna die one day. First, she might have to come live with y'all now, child. I know Anila's husband was praying that you know what." <laughs> I'm too hyped up right now. Let me stop. Jan Shaw, the, the ghost of Jan Shaw is on my spirit, and I don't like that. I need to rebuke that spirit up off of me. Uh-uh. See, I was about to say some low-down shit because I know a husband praying that we're going to move. i look. I just sent a whole lot of bad karma my way. When praise goes up, blessings come down. Let me send up a couple of prayers because I, I I need the ghost of one of the clock sisters to come uh, uh, sage at this room because I'm, I'm going to hell. I already know it. Let me talk about that scene with Toya and Eugene in the bathtub. First of all, (laughs) I told y'all before how I feel about people taking baths, okay? Y'all know I go on a lot of rants on this podcast. I just feel like y'all, all all of y'all, too damn grown and too musty. To be soaking in water. I just feel like y'all need to go and shower. And get y'all ass in bed. Now this is no disrespect to all my bath takers out there. I'm just saying. When I see two grown ass people out here. I don't know if they got in the shower first. And then got off in there. But y'all up there doing all this romantic shit. With all these bubbles and this wine. And uh, underneath there it looked like sewer water. I, I, don't, I don't like that kind of shit. Hop your ass off in the shower. So you can get clean. I'm just saying. Regardless. ass. Musty ass. The child's <laughs> as Toya says are gone. So she wants to bathe with this man uh during the broad daylight. I feel like that's you know nighttime activities, but okay. My mama called me and said, Ooh Lord, I wonder how much water she put in that tub <laughs> if they both go sit in it. Mama, good fucking bye, okay? Get off my phone. I wanted the same damn thing, but I digress. Because look. If you can have two people, now, you know, Toya already, uh, thick, 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 hey thick thick, 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 thick in the best possible way. But her coupled with Eugene in one damn bathtub, I know you fucking lying. I'm j- listen, y'all, <laughs> if the cute shit works for y'all, go ahead and do it. Who am I to stop y'all from bathing together in a tub, big musties? I actually liked the conversation between Dr. Heavenly and her son he seems like a very well together, you know, we're very well put together young man. He got his real estate license and child. He got more grace and sense than Heavenly's ass ever will. <laughs> she brings up the fact that uh, Anila's comments that I don't think we saw him on camera in a previous episode, but she said something about, you know, we're one in the same. I guess, you know, relating to different minorities and how we all go through different oppressions. And Heavenly end up calling that lady a bitch and say, you, all kind of stuff. But saying we only talking about black lives mattering right now and all this kind of stuff. Heavenly tried, I don't know, I, I, I got different opinions about this scene. It seemed like Heavenly tried to make it like the lady was saying all lives matter. <laughs> and I definitely don't think that was what Anila was saying. Heavenly, her actual analogy though that she used about the teeth and black lives matter, That was actually a pretty good analogy. She says one tooth, you know, could be hurting in your mouth and all the other teeth could be fine. She said, you almost have to ignore all the other teeth to get to the root of the problem and to get to that one bad tooth. She said, you wouldn't go around treating every single tooth. If you know, you got to get this bad one out or whatever. Pretty good analogy. I, I get what you're saying. I know what you mean. Like, uh, you know, all lives, of course, yeah, they do matter. But we're talking about Black lives mattering right now, so I get it. And trust me, this isn't the last time this conversation is gonna come up. Not in this episode, and not in this season. I can promise you that. I've been watching reality TV for a, a long time. I can promise you that. Anila calls Contessa and invites her to meet her at the park to discuss issues. Let me tell y'all, first of all, Anila, you would have had me fucked up right there. You called that lady and told her to meet you in 30 minutes. Uh-uh. I need at least three days to prepare to meet somebody. I'm not just coming out to meet you right now. You ain't my cousin or nobody. That's family activity. I don't need a friend or an acquaintance telling me, can you meet me in 20 minutes? Hell no. Digression. Let me get Let me get off of that. Anila says she's no longer going to be the go-between between her and Toy anymore. Her issue is that she feels like Contessa threatened her mama. Contessa said, Contessa said, your mama touched me. Anila said, well, in my culture, it's offensive to leave dinner early. So she just didn't want you to leave early. And, you know, that would mean that you were offended, you know, yada, yada, yada. Contessa said, well, in my culture, you keep your motherfucking hands to yourself, child. I thought this shit was about to go real left on this episode, but... (laughs) <laughs> they ended up they, they somehow they ended up laughing and making her you know they because she ended up imitating the mom and all like that they ended up you know it seemed like they made amends and got on good terms i don't know how long this is gonna last but i always appreciate people addressing misunderstandings and moving on come on adults you know we love adults around here parents versus kids basketball game Anila lets Toya know that they've made, you know, that she's made up with Contessa. And at the same time, Contessa is showing up with Scott saying Toya is basically going to be cast with a friendly ghost today. She is not seeing her invisible, not to be confused with invincible on Amazon streaming right now. Okay, listen, Toya is obviously the epicenter this year without Quad and Mariah there to constantly fight. Toya has stepped up and she took one for the team and she is delivering. Toya is fighting with any and everybody that will come in her path. I know that's right, Toya. Toya didn't have Tessa to argue with at this basketball game. But don't worry, because Heavenly's rude ass will do. And it all starts with Anila. Anila tells her husband to get the kids and to take them inside with him when he goes in there because the men are like going off after the game after heavenly cheated them people at that damn game. They're going inside with the kids and you know, she's saying, take them with you so like the women can talk basically in film heavenly, her rude ass jumps in and says that that man is tired of them damn kids. <laughs> you know what? As much as I hate on heavenly, she sounds just like me. I need to quit hating on her. Cause we're probably the same damn person. She said, That man tired of them damn kids. You need to be taking care of them damn kids. You don't work. Anila said, uh, you know, schisms. <laughs> I'm a blogger. Don't do me, bitch. She said, Bitch, listen. Anila, you've been missing real good opportunities because you being too nice on this show. I, let me tell you what you should have said. You should have said, "Bitch, I'm a blogger just like you and your raggedy ass uh, YouTube having ass friend, Funky Dineva." See, you should have said something like that. But you know, I, I know your. I know you're not. You're not quick like that. You're not used to these kind of reads on these TV shows. But don't worry, you go. I know you go pick it up soon, and it, it's gonna be you know a whole thing. I'm ready for you, Anila. She said, we have a 50-50 household. And after Heavenly continued to attack her, Toya jumped up to defend her friend. I know that's right, Toya. She said, if it gets her a check, then it's a blog. Don't worry about what the hell she's doing to get her money. Heavenly asked Toya why she doesn't have a blog. Ooh. <laughs> see, Heavenly, you rude as hell, but you are funny. You ain't got to say all that rude shit you say, but the shit is kind of funny. I'm not going to, I ain't going to lie to you. I do be kind of laughing. But Toya said, don't nobody want to see Heavenly raggedy ass blog either. Ooh. Listen, Toya tells her to stop hating on Anila. She says, stop trying to be her and stop being jealous. By her, she means Toya herself. Toya points out the fact that Heavenly has the same fireplace that she has outside, how she now has a multi-story closet, all this kind of stuff. Then Heavenly talks about all the shit that Quad said in this past episode. Listen, Heavenly, don't let Quad be your source, okay? You can't trust somebody that was on episode three, and won't be back until episode nine. Now, no, I'm not lying on that lady. That's what she said on Instagram, okay? Quad said that. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Don't blame me. I don't work at Bravo. I just report they news, okay? Ooh, Hemler brings up all them personal loans and mortgages and all the stuff that Quad told her, allegedly. Toya says she has no idea What Quad is talking about. Quad don't know none of her business. She says the only way Quad would know any of her business is if Quad worked at the bank. And then she said, well, shit, that's possible because Sister Circle ain't uh, (laughs) ain't a thing no more. Ooh, the shade on this show. I promise y'all. See, Toy, you should have got in Quad. You should have said Sister Circle ain't a thing no more. Them uh, raggedy-ass cookbooks ain't selling. Them wigs barely hanging on by the grace of God with that wig glue. See? That's why I can't be on reality TV because y'all be playing, y'all be doing these little nice fights. I, I don't. Mm. Toya said, "Well, if I'm broke, why I got on the three hundred and fifty dollar outfit?" Child, Heavenly said, "Point proven." <laughs> Listen, these folks are funny on this show to me. I don't care who else laughs; they funny to me. Okay, now Toya, you kind of set yourself up for that one. You can't, you can't blame her. Child, Anila came out of nowhere, and she's like, okay, back to the blog. (laughs) Hamlet says, girl, I don't give a fuck about your blog. Then Hamlet says, let's talk about Black Lives Matter. And Toya got pissed. Do you hear me? Toya said she saw exactly what Hamlet was trying to do, and she put a stop to all of that shit. Toya told her that lady to pick on somebody her own size. Toy, I know you fucking lying. Now, I know we're not supposed to be body shaming people and stuff, but that shit put me on the floor. That was funny as hell to me. Whenever somebody tells somebody to pick on somebody their own size, who y'all got to, to come pick me up off this floor. Anila made it very clear. She said, I'm not saying that I'll ever compare my journey to yours. I was attempting to relate to you because I've experienced a lot of racism as well. And she brought up the fact that they used to call her... Look, I'm going to say I try not to say this word on this podcast, but I'm going to say it because she said it on the show. She said she grew up being called a sand nigga growing up and all kind of offensive things like that, which I can absolutely. One, I can imagine them saying that because I remember kids being nasty to people of other ethnicities when I was a kid and saying stuff like that. They find any nasty, dirty thing to say about people that didn't look like them. So I totally get it. I understand what she was trying to say. She says, oh, listen. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm trying to, because this is a, listen, me, can we just remember who the oppressor is and move on? <laughs> Let me stop. I need to quit. Child, Toya and Heavenly argued all the way up until she made it to that damn car. I screamed the whole time. Heavenly screamed down there and said, y'all come clean up this shit. So y'all ain't, y'all ain't got no damn jobs. Listen, this show is fucking hilarious. I love every minute of it and I need more of it in my life. Y'all are so funny. This upcoming Friday, a day after you're hearing this podcast, if you listen to it, the day it comes out, I will be on Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast. And we're actually going to talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta And we're going to talk about Married to Medicine. And we're going to use those to branch off and talk about a couple other things. Taria, kind of in preparation for that, gave me her opinion on this Heavenly versus Anila. Not battle, but, you know, this conversation. Because it lends itself to a lot of different important conversations that we should be having with our friends and our households. So, Taria, take it away.
1: Hi, this is Taria from the What Else Is Going On, a.k.a. We Go podcast. And these are my thoughts on Heavenly versus Anila. I struggle with this one and go back and forth because on one hand, I feel Heavenly 100% in what she's saying. A lot of times minorities feel like because we're minorities, we've all had the same experience when that is not always the case. Yes, other minorities have been discriminated against in this world that we live in. However, we know that systemically the world has oppressed African-Americans Four years since the beginning really so our experiences are different and anila comparing her experiences to ours was very upsetting to heavenly and i get that because it was to me too on the other hand heavenly's delivery was rude and rough like her fashions but just like her fashions we know that underneath there is something to work with
3: before i move on to that amazing episode of the real housewives of atlanta I just want to say that I hope Phaedra Parks is representing Jen Shaw because that way we ensure that she goes to jail. (laughs) You know, Bobby Brown said every time Phaedra was his lawyer, his ass went right to jail. Look, they didn't have nothing to do with Phaedra, Bobby. You know what? This is neither neither the time nor the place. So let's just move hell along. Let's talk about this trip to New Orleans that the Real Housewives of Atlanta went on. We headed to Nola on the PJ. Drew said that Ralph is the one that got the private jet for them. Now, I'm sure it was production, but you know how that works. Kenya makes sure to let it be known that Drew extended an invitation for everybody to bring their damn kids. But only Kenya, yes, only Kenya, is the only one that took them up on the actual offer. Portia said, look. I, I, I just wanted the offer. I I didn't want to actually bring my child on the girl's trip. Portia, I know that's right. I will not be trying to bring my kids either. Look, I know Kenya ain't got that many people that can watch her baby, but I got uh, a mama. I got cousins. I got aunties. I got everybody you can think of. I'm not bringing my damn child on the boy's trip either. I'm uh coming up in there to do splits and dips and all kind of slurping and burping, all kind of stuff going on. I'm not trying to do none of that. PJ is staying at the house, and so is little KJ. Now, ain't no KJ for real, but y'all know what I mean. Ain't no kids coming on the trip. Latoya lets it be known that she is not drinking on the girls' trip. Now, everybody finds this weird. Drew says she's been disappointed in Latoya's behavior and that they even went to church together. Now, We find out a little bit more about that later on. I'll I'll get to that. Drew said that maybe since LaToya isn't drinking, the puffiness in her face will go down. Catch. Now, that's some shade right there. Y'all know that girl's a a filler Botox thriller at the age of 22. Actually, I don't know how old LaToya is. She just, she gives me young, but I feel like she's in her upper 30s. I don't really know because I feel like she's been trash talking people on YouTube for a long time. But that ain't neither here nor there. They arrive in Nola, I was about to say in Atlanta, child. They arrive in Nola, and the turn up is real. They get off of the bus with Dolce and Gabbana Shades on. Shout out to Marlo, And they turning up to the marching band, eating food, drinking drinks, eating po boys, and they said, Look, that's the only kind of po boy that Marlo would want. I know that's right, Marlo. Listen, y'all out here trying to marry for love. Ah-ah. Don't let Walt Disney trick y'all ass into poverty. All them damn fairy tales and falsities and fallacies in them damn kids, movies, and cartoons had Belle getting kidnapped and uh, uh, hell for ransom for love. Okay, bet. Let me tell you something. Marry for money, then fall in love a few years later. Marry for money, then fall in love a few years later. Just make sure that sucker won't put his hands on you and he won't stray. That's all you need. Two rules uh keep your hands to yourself don't stray that's it listen just how do i say this just make sure you're the cute one in the relationship <laughs> if you're going to take my advice. I'm just telling you right now. Make sure you're the cute one in the relationship. Okay, let me move on because this is not a course at the uh, the Anna Nicole school of getting the bag, okay? <laughs> the Anna Nicole Smith etiquette course or whatever the hell we want to call it. This is not that. Let me move on before uh, Bravo try to have me sued or something. Drew gives the first room key. Which is like the best suite to Cynthia since she couldn't sing it away, and you know she woke up that morning, <laughs> you know all the damn uh country doo and she be doing. The rest of the ladies, since they're in Nola, Drew says they'll be doing a booty bounce contest for rooms, since you know this is the home of the booty bounce. We know you know the you know Big Frida. You know we don't know nothing about Big Frida. Big Frida ass everywhere, ass everywhere, it get, it get ass every. You know Big Frida, so I'm don't you. Everybody jumps up and starts dancing in true fun girl fashion. Shout out to Summer Walker. But Kenya, of course, has to kill the mood and says that she won't degrade herself for a room key. Drew is wondering how the mood got so bad so quick. (laughs) And of course, Kenya starts raising her voice saying, I've asked you four times. And Drew gives her the key just to get her out of the picture so that the rest of the ladies can actually enjoy themselves. But listen, you knew Drew was going to throw a little shade. Drew says, shit, you paid for that booty bouncing. <laughs> I know that's right, Drew. Kenya, you still out here pretending like you didn't pay for that ass? I don't know why. Listen, we are not as dumb as you think we are. Most of us viewers, we got a couple degrees. You know, y'all on the Housewives now. A lot of these Housewives coming in with three or four degrees. So don't be trying to still fool us like that's your natural ass. We Kenya, quit playing for us. Portia says, shit, if, if Kenya won't do it, chocolate will. Y'all know chocolate was in... North Carolina or South Carolina, wherever they were. She got, uh, chocolate was spreading them uh, decrepit-ass knees all over that damn room for Bolo. So, Kenya, don't act like you won't. Don't act like you won't. Child, they said maybe uh, <laughs> maybe her cheeks hurt since they look so painful. You know what? Y'all will leave Kenya alone just like me. I'm, I'm going to leave her alone officially after this episode. Okay. Portia, of course, with her Megan the Stallion knees, ends up winning the contest. Kenya goes inside and she gets a new suite because a regular room, of course, just isn't good enough for her. We all know that's just Kenya's way of keeping a funky ass attitude, but listen, I low-key feel Kenya on this, okay? I am a hotel lover. I love me a hotel. I'm a diamond member at one particular hotel chain. Don't ask me, ask your mama, and listen, when I pull up in the parking lot, (laughs) I park by the door in the diamond parking spot. When I walk in the rotating doors, I see what upgrades are available to me because I ain't never had nothing. (laughs) Okay. when I get in the room, I turn the thermostat down to the, the coldest setting you will possibly go because I don't pay the electric bill. Then I make my way to the executive lounge and I drink up all that free water down ass liquor. Don't chat with me, chat with your mammy. Don't 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 ask me nothing Okay, I'm sitting in there, I'm being bougie, I'm not talking to nobody in there. Leave me alone. Let me drink up this free water down liquor and gone on about my business. When they're meeting up for that bike ride, they discuss Kenya getting the worst possible room. Now this is Shamia, this is Portia, and this is Drew. Drew reminded us not that not only did Kenya pick that room because you know she just couldn't be bothered to booty bounce. But by her own rules, you get the worst room when you don't get along with the host. A la Marlo in South Carolina on that bachelorette trip. Remember, she put Marlo in that broom closet that was blue with that little ugly ass bed in it. Drew, you better remember that nuance, okay? Remembering the nuance makes for a good reunion participant. Listen, whenever you go to the reunions and you can remember small little petty hypothetical shit like that, That'll get you far. That's the makings of a good housewife, right there. Once everyone finally gets down, with the exception of Marlo, because her, uh, she broke her back, child. Kenya mentions on the bus that she upgra- that she upgraded the rooms, child they go bike riding and everybody is unanimously agreeing that drew's trip is killing it portia says she had the wind blowing through her lace front Kenya's actually enjoying herself and drew actually makes the comment that we've all known for a long time she says that when kenya is having fun the group is different Everybody is having fun. We've always known that. Child, that's because uh, Kenya want to make sure everybody is as miserable as her ass whenever, she <laughs> whenever she's mad as hell. They go to a lot of different spots in uh, New Orleans. They go to the St. Louis Cathedral. They go to Bourbon Street. A lot of different New Orleans landmarks. Let me tell y'all, NOLA is a fun-ass time. I've been to NOLA for Mardi Martigua- Gras. Mardi, not Mardi Gras, not not Fugwa. I'll, I'll have some of that for all later, darling. That I've gone to Mardi Gras twice in my adult life. Well, take that back. Twice in my life. Once in high school to march in a parade. <laughs> Once during my senior year of college to parade my drunk ass up and down Bourbon Street. Now, the gag is that there were some other people from my college down there. When I was down there, we were ducking and dodging their asses like coronavirus. We didn't want to see none of their asses down there. I parted with y'all every weekend. I don't want to see y'all out of state. Leave me the hell alone. You go about your business. You get your hurricanes from that part of uh, Bourbon Street. I'm going to drink my hurricanes from down here. We'll meet in the middle and they go at each other then. So don't don't talk to me. We get to the restaurant and they start to order food and shots and everything. And Latoya actually walks off. She comes back with an attitude saying that she's frustrated, but she won't tell Kenya why. At some point, Latoya randomly brings up the fact that Fallon's party was boring. And Cynthia actually checks her about her behavior. Drew, (laughs) at this point, does a hard right turn and asks Latoya why she isn't drinking. To which Latoya says, I don't feel like a bitch. I don't feel like a bitch. I don't feel, feel, I don't feel like a bitch. Listen, somebody need to sell that to either Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B, Asian Doll, uh, Mulatto, the City Girls, Aunt Flo Millie. They'll see, that's who needed right there, Flo Millie. Flo Millie would turn that hook out. Flo Millie shit, bitch. I. Don't feel like a bitch. I I don't feel like a bitch. I I don't feel like a bitch. I I don't feel like a bitch. Anyway, Drew mentions the fact that her and Latoya went to church together sometime after she gave her a ride home from Shamia's house after that uh, night night in nice party where Marla was running around bouncing her nannies everywhere. (laughs) And she was, uh, you know, she was telling people that she wanted to stop drinking. Then Portia actually, if I remember correctly, on the chat room after this episode, Portia actually brought up the fact that LaToya had expressed that to a couple of different people in the group. So I mean, I guess that checks out. Maybe Drew's telling the truth about them. Maybe they all they all knew that she wanted to stop drinking or whatever. Drew's driver started really speaking to her about, you know, making these changes. And then they talk about how uh, emotional LaToya got when he was talking to her about this Child, See, What's funny to me is that Kenya's facial expressions and actions during this scene, now Kenyatta, Kenyatta, you doing all of this eye rolling and supporting of LaToya when you made it really clear that you don't even support or like that girl anymore the past two episodes. Now suddenly you're big sis again. Y'all be killing me on these reality shows. Y'all really... Ugh. I keep telling y'all, everything in life reverts back to high school alliances, teams, gossip, wanting to be the cool girl. It don't matter how old you are; everything goes back to high school. All roads lead back to Sweet Valley High. It's also important to know for future episodes that Drew says that that's where Latoya met Prophet Lot. Child. <laughs> We are are getting to that when when we we cross that path on the the damn episodes because I ain't got the time right now. Anyway, Drew thought this is where their friendship kind of took a turn. But Kenya says that Drew is actually shaming Latoya. We can argue about this all day long because I can see it actually from both sides. But Kenya is definitely the wrong messenger in this situation. And Kenya opened her mouth, opened her mouth, her food chewer, her food gnasher. And she actually says the words that Drew was bullying Latoya. Child. It's the audacity for me. <laughs> like, really, Kenya? You of all people talking about bullying? When you've chased Portia out of a restaurant to follow her to get in a reaction when uh you saw that she was visibly upset? When you brought the bullhorns to the reunion? When you pulled chairs out from underneath Kim Fields? When you said that Sheree had on their Mama Joyce wig. (laughs) That wasn't really an example, but listen, it tickles me every time I think about it, okay? Or that time she said Portia had that Elvis Presley hair at their reunion. (laughs) Y'all see Portia went much shorter this time when she cut that hair. I know that's right, Portia. You had that little uh, Elvis-ass hairstyle going on, them blue suede shoes, but that's okay. It looked good on you, okay? Don't let Kenya tell you otherwise. Drew asked Latoya if that's the way she makes her feel, And Latoya responds, I feel like you think I have a problem. Drew said, no, I'm just going by what you're telling me. So, of course, after a lot more arguing or whatever, Latoya leaves, (laughs) saying that she's about to go check herself in the AA. (laughs) And Kenya actually follows her out just so she could slander Drew. Back at the hotel, two different late night kikis are occurring. Kenya goes to see Cynthia while Portia and Shamia go and hang out with Drew. I love this little Portia, Shamia, Drew click. See, I feel like that could be a super click for future seasons. If Portia, I mean, not Portia, if Shamia gets bumped up to full time, I can definitely see that happening, especially now that Tanya gone, child Tanya then fled the damn country. They are so fun to me. I don't know. I, I feel like that's who I would want to go to a bachelorette party with if I'm going to one with, because damn sure not Kenya. Asked. Kenya talks about Drew being a bully, and more importantly, in the other Kiki, Drew talks about how she didn't actually invite Latoya to go to church, but Danny the driver did. See, whew, they then shift over to talking about Bolo Gates once again and the Marlo Friendship Gate. <laughs> you see, Portia actually tearing up because she thinks that maybe her and Marlo really didn't have a real friendship. No matter how many times she says, no, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't care. No, I don't care. I don't care. I promise I don't care. I really don't care. No, I don't care. Drew suggests that they actually have a conversation, which of course we see between Portia and Marlo later. So good job, ladies. The next day, Drew has a brunch for everybody set out on her patio. We see that one, Candy finally arrives. She was shooting some damn show. Two. Drew and Cynthia are going to do a radio interview with I Heart Radio. And then three, the rest of the girls are going to Zydeco, which if you've ever been to New Orleans, you know, like that's that line dancing that actually comes from New Orleans. It's like line dancing, but it's booty shaking all at the same time. That Zydeco, Zydeco dance class looked fun as hell. It was a whole lot of booty dribbling and uh, uh, cheeks fighting all in that damn room. I'm glad everybody took a bath before they showed up because <laughs> it could have smelled like uh, fresh chitlins in there if they didn't take no bath. I'm just I'm just saying, I'm don't be mad at me. I just report the news. Even Kenya was having a good time. That should tell you something right there. Next time I go to New Orleans, I'm most likely just going to eat some gumbo, but I'm also doing Zydeco like that's on the list. I would love it if like me and all my podcast friends, like when everybody gets vaccinated, we go down to New Orleans for like a weekend and we just do Zydeco and, uh, and, and eat gumbo and uh, find all the shrimps, drink all the hurricanes that bourbon got the offer. Just do all that. I'm, I'm just praying. I'm praying to the God above that one day we can make that happen. At the end of the class, Portia pulls Marlowe to the side for a conversation. She said she feels like she's being faked by not addressing it. And then Marlowe says that she feels like it's the elephant in the room. So obviously both of them are more than willing to address this conversation. Portia talks about the showroom being op- open and not receiving an invitation. You know, like we saw uh, the day of Fallon's party. We saw Fallon and Kenya actually in Marlowe's showroom, but not Portia. But Marlo says them motherfuckers invited themselves. (laughs) I know that's right, Marlo. You better backpedal. They go back and forth, and ultimately, Marlo says she didn't see it for Kenya what her and Portia made up, but she didn't interfere in that. Portia says everything changed once uh, Marlo and Kenya actually made up, because Kenya then immediately made that accusation against Portia and Tanya. Portia makes it very clear she only cares about Marlo how she operates with her, Portia, not about her friendship with Kenya. Marlo takes the opportunity to ask <laughs> if this shit was actually true. Portia says, no, but my fri- my real friends have never needed to ask me that shit. And she says, Kenya shouldn't even feel comfortable enough coming to Marlo to talk shit about her in any capacity. But Marlo says, she does that with your best friend, Shamia. See, Marlo, you got a point right there. Listen, King, you don't give a damn. She a bad mouthy to anybody. Don't be mad at Marlo just because she the one on the receiving end this time. Hell, Lord, I don't like it when my two favorites fight. I don't like that. I don't like this, y'all. Make up. At the end of the day, it seems like they agreed to quote unquote squash it. But of course, they you know we, they don't even follow each other on social media no more. And it looked like they get into an argument next damn episode. So ain't no damn telling. Portia, (laughs) Portia said, we're in this damn healing twerk center. So that they supposedly laid down all their grievances. Let me tell you something. I'm with uh, Portia on this one. I'm all for a, uh, what's it called? A, A healing twerk center. And you know who else is here for it? I have some podcaster friends, Josh and Terrence, the Bravo boyfriends who had a couple of thoughts about this healing twerk center.
2: Hey it's Josh and Terrence from the Bravo Boyfriends podcast. Mm -hmm. We have a quick observation about the Real Housewives of Atlanta's trip to New Orleans tonight. And I have to say it has to be though I'm happy that Portia and Marlo had their great talk. I need to get me to a twerking facility (laughs) healing twerking facility like where do you find a healing twerking facility i truly need one if i searched this on my phone would they pull up would there be one in new york city can i cover it under my insurance (laughs) is there a class available tomorrow also what a weird place to have a confrontation I wonder if the instructor was, like, in the room. <laughs> or, or, like, they asked the instructor to leave while they talked in the room. Production's like, we're not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, uh, let wait outside, I guess. Uh, but we loved every minute of the women shaking every inch of their bodies. Truly.
3: Before I get into the Real Housewives of Dallas very quickly, I just wanted to postulate. Who do we think Jen Shaw shared a cell with while she was in jail y'all think she had one y'all think they just all had them like all in one big tank or i don't know that's just something to think about let's talk about the real housewives of dallas stephanie is trying to plan a trip to show these motherfuckers bigfoot now i don't at least they get to leave dallas they going to oklahoma so i'm not sure how fun that is but free trip i guess so hey i'm I'm not one to complain We also find out that uh, Brandy and Deandra basically are willing to sit down and have a talk because, you know, everything has been there's been an elephant in the room since that whole uh, dinner or birthday party that Carrie threw for Tiffany, uh, where she was telling Mama D that there was nothing religious about meditation and all that. It's a whole mess. They agree to talk because, you know, Brandy needs to be told what kind of terrible friend she is, basically. Tiffany is having a tea party, like kind of birthday party for her twin daughters at one of her hotels. Now, see, that's some boss bitch shit. okay? that's that's a motherfucking boss right there. And Tiffany was dressed down. Do you hear me? She had multiple rooms for them to use. Child, let me find out y'all are turning away guests at these damn hotels in the middle of a pandemic to throw these kids some damn birthday parties. She had a room for the gifts. She had a room for getting ready with the makeup. She had appetizers waiting in another room. You know who this reminded me of? Dominique Devereux. Y'all know who Dominique Devereux was? Motherfucking dynasty. Y'all remember when she arrived on the scene and she walked in that hotel room and she told that man that she she wanted to check into a room? He said, oh, yes, I have the the Junior Suite available for you here. She said, Junior Suites. I specifically asked for a two-bedroom suite. I don't sleep in the same room as my clothes, nor do I sleep with them. I require one bedroom for my wardrobe and one for myself. You better come on, Dominique. See, Dominique was it. Look, Dominique was used to give it to them girls. She didn't have time for that shit. You remember when uh, Alexis invited her up for that damn uh, burnt-ass champagne she had? She said, it's burnt. (laughs) Alexis says, oh, is it? Dominique said the champagne was obviously frozen in a bottle at some point. Alexa said, well, shit, if you don't like it, don't drink it. She said, oh, trust me, I shan't. <laughs> I would, she said, I trust the caviar to your liking. Dominique said, I wouldn't really know. This is Ossetrova, and I prefer Pastrosian Beluga. I know that's right, Dominique. You better get into them, see? They don't make TV characters like Dominique no more. Dominique used to give it to their asses. She showed up on the scene. They didn't know how to handle her rich black ass. She was like, uh-uh, y'all not gonna do it to me. R.I.P. Diane Carroll. See, y'all don't know nothing about uh, Dominique Devereaux. Let me move on. Y'all don't know nothing about Dominique Devereaux. Tiffany's mom came, and she kept sneaking in little jabs, you know, like, like only a mother can. You know, a jab here, gah, a jab there, ooh, a jab right here, ooh, right there in your gut. You know a mother don't care nothing about this shit. That lady was only concerned about them damn benefits. <laughs> she was asking Tiffany, okay, you you only working 80% of the time. What about your damn benefits? That's what I need to know about. That lady was concerned about Edna and Cigna and Blue Cross Blue Shield. She was trying to see if it was all still good in the hood. And Tiffany couldn't give her no damn real answer. So I would have been scared too. I'm on the mama's side with this one. <laughs> side note. I don't think I've given you one yet in this episode. Side note. I hate Cam now. <laughs> hate is a strong word, but I hate that motherfucker. I hate Cam now, but them earrings that she had on, the new confessional look, money, money, money. You know, you can just smell money through the TV. That's money right there. Those earrings look like they cost a, a Ferrari and a Jaguar. Now, see, I wish I cared about this damn Dreamhouse storyline, but I don't. Next. Wait a minute. I, I will say, though, them people then gave Court-ass his own confessional without Cam, as long as it ain't his uh, raggedy-ass brother that's online harassing social media accounts talking about his terrible-ass family. <laughs> you know what, actually? Let me talk about them just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not about uh the raggedy-ass brother-in-law, but this scene really confused me. This whole scene where Court was... I don't know if he was pretending to cry or if he was actually crying or because he if he was actually crying, that's a little something weird to be emotional about. I don't know. It was just all of that was weird to me. I I don't know. That, a whole mess. Anyway, let's move on to that conversation between D and Tiffany. Mama D and Tiffany, they relate. On the level of being, you know, career women and moms, D is like basically a second mother to Tiffany. So Mama D always gives her advice about dealing with her own mom. We actually, though, we hear a side of the story that we haven't heard before. Tiffany said that her mom always told her that she would retire when Tiffany finally had kids and she would help Tiffany with the kids 24 seven. When Tiffany got pregnant with twins, their mama said, "Ah, ah that wasn't part of the deal." <laughs> See, I bet this is where a lot of the resentment comes from. That that's a that's a whole blow to deal to somebody. To act like you're going to help them no matter what and then when they uh when they finally do whatever you like, nah, you got to so. sulk. See? But mama D, you know you better than me. She encourages her to forge a relationship with her at least one more time. Just try it so that you can at least say that you gave it your all. But Tiffany, you know, she's kind of saying, you know, I'm scared. What if I get rejected and all this kind of stuff? We also kind of hear this point from Tiffany, though, that her parents were upset because neither one of her twins were boys. Now, see, that's some shit there. Y'all got to get over that. Them twins damn near uh, <laughs> old enough to drive. And You talking about you upset they weren't boys. What kind of shit is that? I, it couldn't be me. We know, though, and. That's one thing we've seen many times in uh, different, you know, people or at least people we've seen on TV talking about that in Chinese culture, saying how in their culture, boys have always been more valued than girls. How sad. Oh, but at the end of the conversation, it seems like she's ready to at least, you know, to give it one more try. We cut to this scene with Brandy and we see her reading an article you know, it's uh, on page six. DeAndre has given an interview, you know, talking about the new season of Real Housewives of Dallas, basically. And she says that they are indeed going to be addressing race and all this kind of stuff. But the headline says that, uh, what is it? Brandy says that, Brand, no, DeAndre says that Brandy's racist video will get discussed, something like that. Child, Brandy start crying and all, you know, Brandy perpetual victim. You know, it's all about her. She starts crying and all this kind of shit. And then she, <laughs> I mean, what did you expect though? You thought you going to make a racist ass video and it wouldn't be addressed at all. Like, what are we crying about? I don't get it. If anything, Deandra did you a favor trying to help y'all get some damn ratings. I know that's right, DeAndre. <laughs> she sent DeAndre a text and says that she no longer wants to meet with her today. Remember I told you earlier, that they were gonna meet and get together at some point to basically hash things out before this little trip that they're going on to see Bigfoot. Child, listen, DeAndre gets that text message that she doesn't wanna, you know, get together anymore. And DeAndre's like, look, fuck it. But then <laughs> DeAndre basically gets in that confessional and says what we're all thinking. When did discussing a racist video become worse than making a, race, a racist video? and now we said it and now we fucking said it thank you we even get some fourth wall breaking so you know we love we love a fourth wall break now if we don't love nothing on the housewives we love a fourth wall break deandra is talking to them producers and she's expressing how disgusted you know uh basically how disgusted she is with brandy and how uh, Brandy won't acknowledge or own anything. And she's talking about how she knows that when she goes on a trip that all the other ladies are automatically going to have Brandy's back. And now DeAndre's is going to basically get the... She didn't say that, but we know she means the bad guy edit. We get it, DeAndre. Well, shit, at least you know. <laughs> you know how this dumb shit worked. Now, you've been on reality TV for four years and now. Hell, you know how it worked Better that than uh, showing up being surprised every damn time. The girls meet at Stephanie's house to go on their raggedy ass trip <laughs> and Brandy can't wait for DeAndre to walk through the door so that she can be the one to address the elephant in the room first. Brandy said she was researching how to drive an RV, child, and that's, that's a story for another day. We'll we'll talk about that next week, child. <laughs> and she got the Google alert she said she was in the headline, but Deandra's like, I can't control what's in the damn headline. All I can do is give the interview. I can't control none of that clickbait or none of that kind of stuff, especially when the interview didn't have anything to do with Brandy. If they asked Deandra if race was going to be discussed this season, I, uh, if they asked her if it was going to be discussed, With everything that's going on in the country at that time, especially, I mean, it's it's going on all the time, but especially, this was in 2020, all the stuff that's going on, and if she would have been dunce enough to say, no, we're not talking about race or anything like that this season, then she would have been crucified, and her being crucified is a lot worse than Brandy being crucified, because Brandy actually deserves to get crucified. Am I right or am I right? Brandy once again, starts to play the victim and, you know, she, like she does every episode because her being racist was so hard on her. And, of course, uh, of course, Carrie has to jump her raggedy ass in and she says, we all think you're selfish and uh, things like that. You know, if if all your friends are saying you're selfish, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm selfish. You know, all like Carrie giving her damn unsolicited opinion, as usual, that don't know about a damn it. Now, see, Carrie... You hadn't bothered me these past two episodes. Now you back on my shit list. Quit jumping in. This didn't have shit to do with you. You getting on my damn nerves now. They going back and forth, round and round, up and down again. DeAndre said, I'll leave this motherfucker. I ain't got to go on this damn raggedy ass trip. The thing that surprised me most, though, was that Cameron Westcott didn't jump in. Now, that shocked me. It's hard to shock me. That shocked me. That shocked me. Now, that that shocked me. I've never seen Cam be quiet in the history of this damn TV show. That shocked me. Before I move on to the next show, I have to get my girl Kaya from the uh, Bravo <laughs> Bravo Wild Black Podcast. Y'all know she's damn near my co-host on here. I got to uh, let her tell y'all her thoughts about Dallas. <laughs> the same thoughts that she has to give y'all every week, but this time with a little twist.
2: Hey, guys, it's Kaya from Bravo Wild Black. I don't really have much to say about Real Housewives of Dallas other than I cannot wait until this shit is over. But I do have some impressions. This is my impression of Brandy Redman. DeAndre. why the hell you told these people that I was racist and can't take accountability of it when you know in fact I'm racist and can't take accountability for it? Let me cry and play victim. This is my impression of Tiffany Moon. Why the hell did I say yes to this show? I make more than this. Being a doctor, what the hell am I here for? This is my impression of Deandra. These bitches is crazy. End scene.
3: Okay, listen, I know I'm a little petty. I'm in a petty mood today. I don't care. I couldn't just move on from Dallas because I I was in my feelings. Brandy, Brandy Redman got a lot of audacity. I'm talking about all of the caucasity in the world. And I knew somebody else was going to have a, a very harsh opinion about this episode. I knew my girl Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast was going to have some thoughts on Brandy Redmond and the bullshit that she tries to play and all the victimization and the victimhood that is Brandy Redmond. And you know what, Stephanie, just take it away. Just, just tell the people what you got to say.
2: Hey there, this is Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast. And I want to say this. Brandy is upset with Deandra and in her argument because I guess Deandra gave a um she did an interview and parts of the interview ended up in page 6 um and part of it was the part about Brandy's racist video. Brandy seemed to be upset that Deandra called it a racist video. I I'm not sure what her issue is. And the words of another housewives, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. You did a racist video. You said you went to racism rehab. Um, and you're mad that someone is actually saying, Hey, she's not, she's getting in front of it. Um, if you actually, so even when she was looking at the statement and then you're, re- you're hearing her read it and it was like, it didn't sound like she was bashing you. It was just like, she's not burying her head in the sand. She's, you know, not putting it under. Um, she's not sweeping it under the rug. So you actually got your whole redhead ass on the iMessage to text her and say, "I am so disgusted that you spoke about this." And I'm so glad Deandra just went, "Okay, see, it would have been better for me if Deandra had just texted her back, K." Because that's exactly what I would have gave her. And then to watch all the ladies jump on Deandra say, "Deandra, what about her feelings? I noticed y'all didn't do that to Brandy for Tiffany. You actually walked, she walked in the door. And y'all told her, don't, don't be mad at Brandy. She's a good person. You know, don't take offense to this. Y'all didn't even allow her to feel any feelings. And I'm glad she didn't express any feelings to y'all because it would be very terrible
3: ground to sow into. I knew somebody had to be as just as confused as I was by the, the audacity of Brandy Ram. Oh, geez, I can't even get the damn lady's name, right? Brandy Redman. And you know, a matter of fact, I don't need to try to get her name right. D- Dallas y'all working my last damn nerve and y'all have been since episode one, but I'm giving y'all grace. Not really. Fuck y'all. Um, let's go on to the bell collective. We are now done with the bell collective for the season. We have to talk about part two of the reunion. That reunion gave part one and part two. They were they were getting into so much shit. It was, I, I didn't know. I, I could barely hang on typing up these damn notes. Let's go ahead and start off. We picked up right where we left off last week. And that's when Messy ass Kalen brought her ass out there and started admitting that she was the one that gave the blogger the information and, uh, basically snitching outside of the collective. She acknowledges that Latrice and Antoinette had nothing to do with any of this. Leticia jumps in and says that Latrice is the one that gave her the heads up about the blogger, having all the information about, wait for it, Glenn having an outside child during his affair. Lord, Lord Jesus. I don't, she says she was told this information. And then two days later, it was in the blogs. Kalen jumps in and says, it was messed up what she said about you, you know, Leticia." And then Egypt asked a very valid question, but it was okay for him to go after Marie. You're saying it wasn't okay for him to go after Letitia. Why was it okay for him to go after Marie? Lord, she said Marie is stealing federal money, so it was okay with her. Child, <laughs> let me tell you something. Kalen You are treacherous. You are treacherous and dangerous. You can't be throwing these kind of unsupported accusations out there in the age of Jen Shaw, okay? (laughs) I'm just saying, uh, not in the age of all the thieving and scamming that's going on on these Housewives shows. You can't just throw it out there about that lady. She had this business for 20 years and the IRS uh, audited her every damn year for using government money. Don't play with her. Marie then goes on to discuss all of the rumors and said that she basically what I just said, she wouldn't be in business for 20 years if she was doing anything fraudulent. The feds wouldn't let her ass make it for that long. You know what? I tend to agree with Marie on this. See, she planned all these other housewives that go to jail for scamming. They go to jail for all that little money that they get from other people. Marie gets her money right from the damn government. She ain't about to play with them folk. I'm, I'm with you, Marie. I'm not going to let them uh, tarnish your good name, as you said. Listen, this leads to Latrice and Marie getting into it once again. Marie shuts it all down. No, because she says, you know, she is a government agency or she's getting money from the government, probably more accurately, and it's constantly being audited, which is par for the course. No fraudulent practices. Found, you better do it, Marie. Do it, bitch. Do it be bi- do, 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 do it be bi- big bank take look bank two chains You fucking crazy. Okay, let me not I not rap Nicki Minaj enough on this damn podcast. I'm not giving you no more shine, Nikki. Uh I'm the naive. You should follow my example, bitch i.e. Cause I pull up Isaac, mizrahi e. Okay. Egypt gets Kalen to say that none of that information has receipts or it's verifiable, and they finally put it to bed. We then get into the more somber section of the reunion. They bring out the husbands and we go couple by couple. And we basically discuss all the things that the viewers wanted to know. They had a lot of questions from Twitter, from the Instagram, you know, from the, uh, the snap face, all that kind of stuff, all the questions. Let me just say Marie's husband, (laughs) if that's what we want to call him, talks like a mix between like a Southern pastor and a snake oil salesman child, the two things might be one and the same. I don't know. I, I know a pastor that got arrested in front of his congregation for some mess, but we're not going to talk about them. Okay. We, <laughs> let me change the subject. Cause this church still like to act like it never happened. Okay. This is when we find out that they weren't actually married this go around. See, they were married. Then they were divorced. Then this time we all thought they had gotten married again, by the way, she worded it on the show. But it turns out they were actually getting together again with the intent of getting married, but they never actually got married again. The funniest part of this whole exchange was when Egypt asked if his disappearing ex going to other countries and all that kind of stuff is why they broke up in the first place. Marie told that man to be honest and he paused and he said, I don't want to come in between what you and Egypt have going on right now. That's not my place. You're the headliner right now. See, you better sell that snake oil. I ain't playing with you. You better sell that snake oil because if that ain't the line of a scammer, I don't know what it is. Both of them have differences about the actual facts of when she was sick, which I don't know how that's much different. He kept saying, you know, I was there for her and yada, yada, yada. But she was saying that he was nowhere to be found. So. I guess the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Maybe he popped up a time or two and gave her uh, diabetic medicine or something. Hell, I don't know. Maybe he came over and uh, and, and greased her her scalp or laid her finger waves or something. I don't know, but I, I definitely don't think he was there the whole time. I'm just saying. Child, just when we couldn't beat up on this man anymore, they brought out Essie. Essie, we all got pain for seven years. I sung with you, I was your sister, you were trouble. Cedric went and he sat on the other couch because he said that, you know, he know they got a strong bond and he has no room for building any intimacy all because of this. Esther said, well, you weren't even there in the first place, which is when she came in and, uh, you know, became good friends with her. Ain't that the line of every uh, uh side, you know what? I was about to say I told y'all I'll try to limit the N word on this podcast, so let me stop. Um they asked Essie if she had deeper feelings for Marie and she said yes, of course. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, y'all better uh y'all better come together and make that money and click them kitties together too. But then she was like, Like a sister. Now see, quit playing with me. Quit playing with Essie had to let y'all know, because one thing I didn't know about it, Essie actually got a husband. I didn't know nothing about that. (laughs) It's actually a beautiful thing, though, that two straight women or men, whoever, two people of the same sex can actually refer to each other as soulmates. And I think that, you know, that's kind of beautiful. Like, not in a romantic way or anything. You just feel such a kindred connection with somebody that's, You can't even describe your friendship. All you can do is just say that, like, it feels like y'all were just meant to be friends your whole life. Ain't that beautiful? I guess, child. I I wouldn't know shit about that. Side note, we actually get an update regarding Letitia's efforts to buy back the block. Since the show was aired, she's actually received a lot of different responses, like domestic, international, all kind of stuff. So all of her efforts actually weren't in vain. I love to hear that because I thought Marie and her finger waves had tarnished her image all around town. So that's good to hear. Listen, the comments about Latrice and Cliff's relationship were hilarious. Them people were writing in asking Cliff and, Latice, <laughs> Cliff and Latrice as Jay and Beyonce. They said, no, nah, more like Lucius and cookie line. I know that's right. Let me find out y'all out there making that thing go drip, drop, drip, it drop. I know that's right. Uh, Latrice, you better make it drip, drop, uh, with some soul glow since you sell all the damn hair and activator and shit. They talk about how they actually met, and I I like the fact that it's actually a pretty, pretty regular story. They met in a bar, and she said, according to her, he was looking good, Chapley. They also confirmed that Latrice is the one that started Goddess Links, not Cliff, and that she's actually a self-made woman. I know that's right. Uh, See, now, we've already seen uh, Madam C.J. Walker self-made on Netflix. Now we go see uh, Latrice, whatever the hell her name is, self-made on Netflix. I know that's right. You better keep the her story going, Netflix. Coming to you, Black History Month 2022. (laughs) When they get into the shady comments of the season section, they pop off. Egypt asked Marie if she still thought that Antoinette was a pup. Marie said, yup. And she just follows suit with whatever Latrice wants, uh, wants to do or has going on or whatever. Antoinette said, when you refer to me, refer to me as Dr. Antoinette, because you don't get to become a doctor with your own practice by being a pup and fighting. I see, look, Annie, Tony, Antoinette, Dr. Wendy Osefo already made that moment iconic on the Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay, you did that, that, that was a little late, like you know, it, it was late, like that wig you had on, the Letitia helped you know, kind of pull down a little bit, but you know what. We're going to let you have it because, you know, being late in Jackson, Mississippi is still like kind of being on time. So we're going to let you have it. Marie said, I'll refer to you however I want to. You Antoinette. Ooh, it was a lot of, can't we all just get along, Lord? Letitia and Latrice at some point end up getting into it once again. (laughs) Letitia said, I need to know whether you team Letitia or you team Stradlin. Because a few moments ago, the energy was great. And she's referring to when Antoinette and Tambra were off stage and the husbands were on stage. But when Annie rejoined, it was the mean girls all over again. Let me stop calling the damn girl Annie. (laughs) When Letitia throws out this whopping accusation at Antoinette she says that she flirted with her husband, Glenn. She's referring to that, uh, that damn mint dental launch or whatever. And that's when, you know, she tried to kind of move on fast and go past it. But literally everybody on the stage was like, wait, what What you wait, when you said that was now you wait, wait, hold on. Wait, pa- skirt, pause, wait a minute. You said, you said she tried to do what with your husband. <laughs> Letitia implies that Latrice felt the exact same way about Antoinette flirting with Cliff too. She says that at the sip and see from Mint Dental, she was in the car and was wondering why Glenn was taking so long. She walks in and she sees her Antoinette holding his Glenn hand. Antoinette said, Uh uh-uh, uh, I was just giving him some Hennessy. Now, to see that that, that kind of sounds like a lie, I'm just saying, I don't, oh, Antoinette, you got to come a little harder than that. I don't know. I don't know if Hennessy is cold for you know that that Christmas between one's legs. I don't know, but I digress. Letitia says that she called Marie and was wondering how to handle the situation. You know, of course, Marie was ready to uh, jump up and, and nod along in agreement. Yep, she showed. did, uh-huh. <laughs> she said that her and Glenn had a whole argument afterwards, too. She said that they ended up talking, you know, her and uh, Latrice, and uh, they brought up the fact that she was flirting with Cliff. And Latrice stops and she kind of jumps in and she says that you know she defends Antoinette and that it was all a big misunderstanding and Latrice I mean Letitia seems like child, all these damn L names lord and my sister you know what because i was about to put my sister in there. she started with an L too and it's long too it's too listen Y'all got to forgive me because all these damn names. This is the last week. Y'all got to put up with me butchering these damn names. Okay. (laughs) Letitia said she couldn't believe what she was hearing because it sounded like her and Latrice had a private conversation and Latrice was echoing all the same stuff that Letitia was. I mean, Antoinette says it's all a big misunderstanding. And then, you know, she basically has to defend herself at this point, especially after Marie, uh, <laughs> Marie was ready to get in her ass earlier. So she had to defend herself and she did a, you know, an OK job. I don't know if they let it go, if they still beefing. I'm sure if there's a season two, that'll roll right right into it. So, Lord, you know what? That only get into a comment. I got a comment from uh, Bill, who also watches The Bell Collective. He wants to give you all his overall thoughts about the season before we move on to the next show.
2: Hey, Kendrick, Bill from Florida. Uh, Dr. Antoinette is the best. She needs to get with that hot contractor. I still don't know what the hell Letitia does, but she's good. Marie needs to get rid of that crappy-ass son and husband of hers. She needs some better men in her life. Latrice, I don't know about her hair, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Tambra, she needs some elocution lessons. And Kalon, Kalon just needs to fuck on off. But the best part was the reunion when Egypt got up and walked and Carlos had to come out there and give, gather all them together so she'd come back.
3: I think I agree with everything Bill said. I know that's right, Bill. I, I like the entire cast. This was a great freshman season. Like I, We've gotten some great you know freshman shows out of the gate recently. We've gotten Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We've gotten Bell Collective. There have been a couple of others that are you know, they've learned from, you know, the days of reality TV past and they're really doing a damn thing. I really hope this season gets greenlit. This show gets greenlit for a season two because I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I love them. I want to see their journeys going forward. I need to see Marie's antics every time, you know, she... Ooh, I need to see whatever, whatever the hell Marie is doing. I need to see what's going on. So let's go ahead and get into that insane episode of summer house. We pick right up after last week's episode, boys night and girls night. The girls are painting nails and, you know, doing the whole spa thing. And they're talking about everything from Hannah's relationship to dad's to uh, Hannah's grandma being a whore, all kind of shit. They play a game of who would you have babies with? Now, I ain't never heard of this game, but, you know, I did, I'm not a woman. I don't, I guess I ain't never been privy to those kind of conversations. I don't know. Everybody basically goes around a the circle. They pick either Carl or they pick Kyle. Everybody except Lindsay. She picks Luke. Everyone kind of, you know, tells her that Luke is painting himself into a corner and he basically alienates himself. She goes Super hard. I mean, hard defending him, and it's almost taking offense. Child, she wants people to stop talking shit about Luke, and now she's gotten mad because she think her and Luke are Jay Z and Beyonce on the run or something. I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to explain. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Kyle is interrogating Luke about him and Sierra. And Luke is, you know, basically kind of brushing it off like, oh, no worries. You know, it's all good, man. You know, positive vibes. Everything's gnarly. You know, I should have been doing a Minnesota accent. But, child, I I do it about as good as his ass do. Carl says, if I didn't know any better, I wouldn't even know that y'all knew each other by the way that she acts around you. Luke blames it, of course, on Hannah, quote unquote, running a gaslighting campaign which really kind of fucking annoys me. I'm not going to lie about it. Not because I'm trying to defend Hannah. It annoys me because Sierra is a whole nurse. Like, super smart woman, has like everything going for her, great personality. You're making it seem like Sierra isn't capable of making her own decisions about you being a fuckboy. That girl has the same eyes, the same ears, the same... Uh, uh, everything else that we got that we've judged you for being a fuckboy on. Now, don't get me wrong, Luke. I'm going to give it to you when you're right and I'm going to get in your ass when you're wrong. It's your fault, bruh. It's your fault. She saw the way you treated Hannah, not necessarily the stuff beforehand, but when you're in the house, your interactions were negative. She didn't like the way you yelled at her. I mean, it's it's dead on net. That's one of her triggers. She didn't like it. You got to get over the shit. I don't know what to tell you. With that being said... Carl and Kyle are way too invested, like way too invested. I didn't understand their deep involvement with this shit, but who am I to understand? After both Boys Night and Girls Night convene, Luke is in the kitchen gossiping with Lindsay, but when Paige and Amanda approach, they become radio silent. They keep asking Lindsay, you okay? She's like, you know, I'm fine. I'm literally the definition of fine. Lindsay gets mad and, of course, sulks away. They start interrogating Luke. They're like, look, fuck Lindsay, okay? Let's go ahead and talk about Luke. They start interrogating Luke about the mood and what's going on between him and her, about them vibing and having sexual tension, you know, all this kind of stuff. Finally, after all of the, the denials that he gives them, Paige just straight up asks, You've never had sex with her? He says, I'm not going to answer that. Tell me why first. Now, Luke, that's a bad answer. See, that's why them folks be talking about you from sun up to sundown. Quit beating around the bush and beating that thing in the dark and just tell them what's up. See, that's why all these women be cussing your ass out. And then the men making up excuses to hate your ass, too. It's all because of you, Luke. Stop it. A little bit later in the evening, they're around the pool, you know, having fun. And, of course, Lindsay and her bad attitude got to come out and ruin the mood. Sierra says, you know, you got defensive when we were talking about Luke. Lindsay responds that it's because bigger conversations need to be had. Then Paige says, well, Hannah got a DM that you guys might have had sex. Well, damn, Paige. You didn't soften the blow or nothing. You just got to always go for the head. That's what Thanos said. I know that's right, Paige. I'm not even mad at you. Lindsay takes huge offense to this. And baby, it's all downhill from there. Lindsay goes to tell Kyle and Luke all about the rumor. And then she blows up at Amanda for uh, even trying to comfort her. The whole time, keep in mind, Hannah and other girls are downstairs basically laughing because HBIC Hannah Set all this shit off in motion and did what needed to be done. Okay, you know I love the, the, the cast members that do what need to be done. So kudos, Hannah. What's funny is Kyle steps in between the two of them and Lindsay goes off on him, which makes Amanda go off on Lindsay, which makes Kyle. It, it looks and it, it's, it's a whole lot of shit I can't explain. Okay, you know what y'all need a little tenderness because I don't know what the hell y'all going to do otherwise. It's too much too much crying and nucking and bucking going on on this show. Y'all need some goddamn help. Before we move on to the next day, it's important to note that little scene that we got between the transitions. It's at night and it's Sierra getting a text from Luke and Sierra basically telling the audience, the viewers that she's sick of Luke. Trying to text her after hours because it's communicating the wrong message. She's trying to be very clear about her boundaries, but obviously this kind of pisses Luke off and he's tired of it. This actually comes up later on in the episode, but I want to mention, you know, you know, I like to do a little prefacing, so there you go. The prop the pub crawl that they set up was amazing. It took me right back to undergrad. We used to do these things, but we called them around the world parties. I'm guessing other people called them there too. I, when I think pub crawl, you know, I guess they, you know, when you go do the bar hopping, you know, late at night, downtown or midtown, wherever here you go, I'm guessing since they couldn't actually go out and do that, they just called it a, you know, a pub crawl at their damn house. But we called it when it was actually inside the house, we used to call it an around the world party where all the guys in the frat house would set up their rooms to be like a different theme or a a different vacation destination. And we'd all have specialty shots or drinks set up in our room. There used to be, oh, that was a time of my damn life. By that fourth room, going around, traveling all them damn rooms, shit was getting serious, okay? I don't know how girls did that shit in heels, because I'd be fucking wobbling by the time I got to that third or fourth room. Because, you know, motherfuckers, you you go to their room, they trying to uh, put all the damn liquor in the damn drinks. You know, like they make the uh, the Kool-Aid pit where they put a whole bottle of vodka, whole bottle of tequila, a whole bottle of this, a whole bottle of that. They They try that shit in every damn room. Lord Jesus. Luckily... I lived in the damn house, so I could just go to my damn room and pass out under the strobe light in the wind machine in my Beyonce-themed room, okay? (laughs) But when that shit was at somebody else's house, another frat house or something on campus, boy, oh boy, uh, somebody had to walk me home because I I couldn't see straight after a couple of rooms. My God. I mean, I'm usually always sideways in a way, but that's neither here nor there. Luke X Sierra to talk when the group takes kind of an intermission in the kitchen between, you know, room hopping. They stay behind in his room because his room was like the Minnesota themed room, whatever. Luke basically asked her, what's your issue with me? She said boundaries. He basically doesn't respect her boundaries and she can't give Luke an inch because he'll take it the wrong way. She brings up, texting her after nine or 10 o'clock. And he says, oh, Jesus Christ. Then he turned around to say, sorry, my father. Now, when did Luke become religious? Was it before or after ejaculating in Hannah's mouth twice? (laughs) Anyway, he doesn't see the big deal, but she says, just respect my boundaries because they can be seen or interpreted as flirting. She says, you know what? Let's just not be friends because this conversation has already gotten weird. They rejoined the group. In California, which I think is Amanda and Kyle's room, Sierra gives Hannah and Paige basically the lowdown on her conversation with Luke, where they're both basically like co-signing all the things that she says because they've seen it a million times. When they get to the next room, this is when we see Carl basically fawning over Sierra and saying how hot she is. Speaking of which, this is when we get to see the quote unquote VIP room that's A closet (laughs) this is hilarious to me and i'm glad y'all actually noticed this scene too let me let y'all hear katie's thoughts about this actual uh the whole party in general and about this moment specifically
0: hey kendrick this is katie from lexington kentucky um i have a million thoughts about summer house but very specifically, Luke, and why everybody should understand he is the absolute worst. He is from Minnesota, home of Prince. Prince! And he chose to decorate his room like some weird black light flannel horror movie. That right there says all you need to know about Luke. Him and his suit and his tie with his hair slicked back and something, something, something he is the worst also back to luke in the horribly decorated room sierra highlights trap she highlights outcast they're never gonna work he and his suit and tie need to stay in their lanes now i have heard that sierra is dating austin from southern charm which is disgusting on a whole other level because we all know He also is the worst, and maybe she needs to go back to her shrink to talk about her daddy issues because she can't choose men. Last thought, um, Paige and Hannah's room, they locked Lindsay and Danielle in the closet. Like, they were trapped in the closet, remaking this creepy little music video by a very disgraced R&B singer.
3: Lindsay and Luke go off to the side to talk. And this is when Carl and Kyle walk by and basically roll their eyes because they're sick of having to talk about Luke all summer long. They go upstairs and they proceed to talk their shit, plenty shit, cash money, shit. Carl is uh, talking plenty of shit about Luke and Luke actually comes up the stairs and catches him. Luke is like, wait, are you talking about me for real? Like you, you really talking about me? Carl tells him that he doesn't have the ability to own it or, you know, to tell his truth, any of that. Carl ends up calling him a jackass. And Luke is like, whoa, 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 bitch. Watch your tone. Check your tone. Sierra just sounds to be walking by. And Carl says, have you ever hooked up with Sierra? And Luke says, yeah, like two years ago. And Carl says, yeah, and she don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> he says, "I want to be just, you know, cordial and cool." This is when Sierra kind of launches into her spiel. She says, "You don't respect my boundaries and you laugh at my boundaries." And Luke basically scoffs her off. Kyle comes in and then basically co-signs everything that Sierra says, you know, texting chicks after uh a certain time, gives the wrong impression, you know, yada yada yada. Kyle Lord have mercy. His drunk ass. Kyle's drunk ass gets heated and says his beef with Luke is that he wants to control females, not women. Females. Isn't it weird that like when guys throw that word around during an argument, females. So I don't know. It feels so much more aggressive and yet dismissive. And I don't know. It's a lot all in one. Luke actually walks off very calmly and goes outside. Or so we thought child Luke goes to get the producers and they follow him into the house and shit is going down. He's let's go. I'm tired, man, Rah! going all off and off. He finally swung that door open. That, and that's when, Oh, how do I say this? That's when, that's when shit gets pretty white. Cause, Luke comes in there like he's about to break some glasses and, you know, throw some punches. And, like, he's about to uh, walk across the table like Evelyn Lozada. But he comes in and he says, hey, Kyle, I don't like you. I don't too much fancy you, pal, child. Kyle is standing upstairs not doing shit. But Carl, I guess he, I guess Carl about that life. He comes out of his room and charges Child, you would have thought that, you know, that was his fight. I I don't know. I don't understand what Kyle and Carl's beef is with the man. But once Kyle finally saw Carl getting into it, I guess he figured, child, let me go down here before these people call me a punk bitch. And that's where the episode ended. Lord, it's going to be a good episode of Summer House this week. But y'all know y'all can tire somebody out. I just I'm I'm just ready to see who the hell go cry again this week. You know What? I'm feeling a little petty still. I don't... The petty has not left my body. I can't explain it. I don't know. I'm just... You know, Jen Shaw had just gotten on my damn bad side so much. And I mean so bad. It's a conversation for another day. But... While we're here, (laughs) let me let my girl, one of my absolute favorites from the Patreon, the Bravo Breakdown, Bravo Breakdown, Bravo Breakdown. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, then you already know Sasha or you follow Sasha. She signed with Embassy Row. She's the GOAT. She's got big things coming up. Let's hear what Sasha has to say about this whole Jen debacle. Jen is a fraud.
4: She'd been a fraud since day one. Her sole intention in everything she does is to deceive. We're talking about a woman who has co-opted the black experience based off of her proximity to blackness. She studied the housewife handbook and then regurgitated a highly produced and contrived robot version of a housewife on steroids and it's the narcissism for me to go on TV and show her ass when she knew she was running a scam. She is a bold con artist. She is good at it and then the nerve to show up at the courthouse with them box braids child i can't she's a thief period stop stealing shit stop stealing our culture stop stealing other housewives storylines and stop stealing old folks money and yes sharif knew you're a fool if you think otherwise just like vicky knew about brooks's cancer now check that
3: the same way i do every week i'm gonna talk about the the least eventful couples first and then I'll get into the ones that oh boy that just that wet my whistle let's let's just say that let's talk about Ryan and Clara's boring asses first (laughs) now see his never been in love ass and Clara do some type of yoga I think it's called tantric The instructor keeps trying to get them in the mood, you know, with all these sexy positions and, you know, hugging and rubbing and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't do anything for him. Child, Clara, that man don't want you, sir. I'm just letting you know since won't nobody else tell you. Later in bed, they talk about the yoga section and it's like pulling teeth he's more focused on making sure the damn dog integrates with the house well than he is with actually making sure the wife integrates with his ass. I don't get it. I don't even have many notes on them from this episode because it's more the same thing. Her craving physical intimacy and him not not giving it. Him being way too reserved and being a damn Disney prince the entire damn time. The most we got from them this episode was her rant to the other ladies at the end of the episode at Haley's apartment, basically spouting out how frustrated she is with everything, how he won't say he loves her, how he won't uh, give her no nookie cookie, all of that. So, Clara, move the hell along. Go get you another man. It's not going to work out for you. Sorry, sir. Let's move on to Paige and Chris, who actually didn't give us much this episode either, but the with as much as they've given us this past season, hell, we we need a little bit of boring from them here. We first see Paige catching up with her, her brother and his wife. She basically gives them the lowdown on everything that's happened so far and how basically they've decided to just go ahead and get a divorce and how she feels like she's potentially lost herself during this process. Her brother. Wow. I mean, He's giving her the best kind of advice. He's telling her that people aren't really comfortable with going through the pain. But sometimes you have to kind of sit in the struggle in order for God to get you where you need to go. Let me say, though, all that is true. I love that. But let me let me get a little dumb for a second. The funniest part of this damn episode was when <laughs> they did that whole montage of all the husbands trying to bond with the uh, the dogs of the women because this is the first season where every single uh, wife that comes into the show has an animal. When they get to Chris, you know they showing everybody else you know going to uh, these special classes where they're like, "Yes, teach me how to bond with the dog and all this kind of shit." They get to Chris, that boy just simply says. Man, I don't give a fuck about Bentley. <laughs> I know the fuck that's right, Chris, and started laughing. I'm not going to laugh. We started laughing right with his ass. This shit was funny. Later on in the episode though, he actually gets a uh, a visit from his mom, Cindy. Hey, Cindy. Cindy. You raised the chump ass trick. No, let me stop. I don't even know that woman like that. <laughs> At least his mama got good sense though because she talked, you know, he talked to her and you know, he tried to make himself out to be a victim like he usually does and she saw right through that BS and she told him everything that he needed to hear. Not wanted to hear, needed to hear. There's a difference. Next up, we got Brianna and Vincent, who are just being fucking cute the entire episode. They start the episode off in bed, and they're talking about all the things that Brianna could do for Vincent as a date. The boy is listing off more shit than there are words in the dictionary. He want to go backpacking. He want to go on a trip to New York to see his family. He want to go walk through a wardrobe dresser and wind up in Narnia. He want to go see Eddie Murphy, Nim, and Zamunda. See, I'm starting to sound like Portia Williams now. (laughs) Later on in the episode, they go bike riding and they place bets and, you know, all this kind of, you know, cute shit. See they're at this point, seriously, they're the only couple that I'm actually rooting for and that I could actually see making it. Everybody else in the words of Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast, I wish nothing but despair on them all. Now let's go ahead and jump into my favorite boring man and my favorite uh, problematic woman, goddamn Jacob and Haley. Now, before I jump into them though, I am so glad that other people are watching this show through the same lens as me and I'm not crazy. Let me go to a comment from one of my favorites talking about this doggone, Haley and Jacob, and basically echoing everything I've been feeling for weeks now. And you know that if you've been listening to this podcast, let's get into it.
4: This is LaWanda from Detroit, and I have a comment about Merit at First Sight. We've been focusing so much on Chris and Paige. I want to talk about one other toxic person, which would be Haley. Haley had no business signing up for this show. Girl been single for seven years, and I can see why she has been single for seven years. Jacob is doing his best with her, and it's no winning with her. She needs to stay single for a little while longer.
3: And now we said it. They start the episode off by basically talking about that huge fight they had at the end of the last episode where he told her, you know, he she would never had to see him after four weeks again. He was basically telling her everything that was on his chest and that he needed to go ahead and tell her. Otherwise, they wouldn't have damn made it regardless. Let me tell y'all something. They, once again, are talking about doing a reset. But how many resets are y'all gonna take at this point? Y'all have done a thousand resets as a couple and it all constantly ends bad. You know what? Reset these nuts. How about that? Anyway, later on, they go on a fun date. You know, they do like the cart racing or whatever it's called. And they actually have a good time. We see them bonding, you know, during making dinner later on. But is that really bonding? I mean, I guess so. Because she was basically interrogating his ass and he was answering it. So I guess that's... Bonding, maybe? I don't know. She was asking him a lot of questions, and he was actually answering everything, though. Know, and nothing really got heated. I don't know, I guess. Listen, the bar is so low for these couples on this show now at this point that I feel like I'm just I'm just giving a pass for anybody that don't swing on the other partner. As long as you're not beating the other one's ass, then I, I guess I can find it in my spirit to root for you, because otherwise... I don't know what I'm doing. Now let's get to the couple where the husband, in my opinion, is vying for the position of biggest jackass on the show. Yes, bigger jackass even than Chris. Let's get to Eric and Virginia. Eric is a whole asshole. Like a whole asshole. He has such super controlling ways. He's one of those people who would just like flip the switch Every so often, just because she's playing with the dogs and he's like, are you going to do that? Or are you going to listen to me? See, he want to argue about the damn dogs and the amount of training and all this kind of shit. See, this is where you have to be a special kind of person to deal with certain types of military people. You know, people with military backgrounds or military jobs because they're super regimented. Now, see me. I like to sleep until noon on the weekends. I'm not trying to do none of that bullshit before eight o'clock that you trying to do. He likes structure. Boy, fuck structure. I work too damn hard on the weekdays. I'm trying to do shit on the weekends. He's making all kinds of snide comments about like, well, if you don't feel that way, then let's just end this. Every single time he gets mad. See, It's that kind of passive aggressive shit that would set anybody off. Y'all know passive aggression is my biggest pet peeve in the damn world. She ends up storming off and the conversation basically ends. She comes back later on after she's walked the dogs and kind of calmed down and they finally have it out. Apparently, all of this anger stems from an incident that happened the night before when they went out to a bar and... I guess he was all pissed because he couldn't find her for like 30 minutes. She said that she like went to the bathroom with her friends and then they all went over to the bar to try to get drinks. He's like, no, it wouldn't have taken that long and you know, all that kind of stuff. So they going back and forth about that. They have it out Then Once again, he throws out that line. Well, if you don't like the marriage, just get out. And I see, see, that's that shit. I'm telling y'all that's that shit. He turns it on her and says that, you know, I'm the only one that's always getting hurt. And she's basically like, I'm glad she says it. She basically says, stop centering yourself in my pain and my anxiety. He is such an asshole. Like watching this show, his scenes is so hard because he's such an asshole. And it's so hard when you like on the outside recognize a controlling man, but the person on the inside doesn't seem to all the time. It's uh I just eh, it's just eh, I don't know it's it's a lot girl divorces his ass I'm sick of him move on later in the episode they have a rational conversation that seems to rectify things but it always seems to rectify things I don't know it seems like he basically from the gist I was gathering he wants her to have to rely on him which of course is a form of control ugh just disgusting. But then everything goes to hell right again. I just find him to be so damn condescending. It's in this moment of condescension, of course, that we get a fourth wall break. Now, you know us Bravo lovers, of us reality TV lovers, us Lifetime uh, uh VH1 lovers, we love a fourth wall break. He basically turns and he starts talking to the producers and all kind of stuff. And we see Virginia walk off once again. She's tired of the shit. And Eric is exploding, you know, right after her saying, you've been an asshole to everyone involved today. And she's like, once again, it's all my fault. And once again, they have yet another makeup before he's telling her (laughs) that she can do, you know, uh, telling her all kind of little bullshit. You can be your absolute best self around me. I love you. I'm encouraging of you, all this shit. Even though her absolute best self seems to set him to fuck off. I, these two, nothing but despair. I want nothing but anxiety. and I just want her to leave him alone. You still young. Go find you a man your own age and just... Moody hell on. Maybe he'll be a little nicer. If not, just date around till you're 35. Hell, you don't need to be married so damn young. Just get, in, 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 in. y'all just him as hell. You know what? Let me go ahead and talk about New Jersey so I can wrap this episode up because my anxiety just talking about these damn married at first sight people is through the roof. Let's talk about New Jersey. We pick up from where we left off last week. And Joe Gorga is upstairs trying to calm Teresa Giudice down after she stormed off the table last week. He fails, of course, because no one except Gia is really able to ever calm her down. Downstairs, Jackie lets it be known that she thinks Marge's husband is an asshole. I thought Marge was gonna lose her shit, but she actually tells him that he hurt Jackie, and he gave that life. He gave life to that dumbass rumor. Well, child, maybe it's true. I don't don't damn know. Child, Jackie and Marge both start crying. Then Jackie said she didn't want anything to do with Joe Benigno anymore. And then Marge uh, turned on her and she said that her husband has always defended you. And uh, now Jackie crying and (laughs) wait. See that? I feel. You know what? I feel like I'm watching an episode of Summer House. I don't know how y'all do this shit. I don't, I I don't know all this crying out of nowhere. Just white people just start crying. I don't know what the hell going on. I need Sierra to start crying on Summer House every now and then because it's starting to, I don't know, maybe that will put me at ease. I want to be at ease when I watch this show. The key key was that Joe Benigno was actually laughing when they walked off because he didn't know what the hell was going on. (laughs) I would have been laughing too, Joe. Fuck this shit. Jackie goes inside because she wants to go home and she hears Marge talking about her and she yells across the room, stop yelling about me. Everybody looking crazy as hell. Then she asked why she's the punching bag in the group. Listen, if you feel that way, this is the wrong show for you. You will never survive in New Jersey or Atlanta. Hell, you wouldn't survive in Potomac willing to be the damn punching bag. These are the only like three shows I can think of where you have to know how to duck and dodge a punch and how to throw a damn uppercut in there every now and then too. a uh, jab. Look, let me teach, uh, teach you a combination. Jab, jab, left, hit, jab, jab, left, tip, jab, jab, uppercut, twist. Do Do something, Jackie. You got to get this shit together. Now they're all saying that she took the whole conversation wrong. Where, bitch? I said where. One more time, I come back. I said where. See, she didn't take it wrong. Everybody was very clear about what they said. Now y'all just lying. Y'all doing all this damn lying because y'all don't want the woman's feelings hurt. See, this is a whole mess. Somewhere in all of this, Teresa joins uh, joins in the fold again and takes aim at Joe Gorga for not defending her with Jackie's whole did you get your confidence in jail? Comment. <laughs> Teresa, you better, you you got to let that one go, baby. You Let it go, friend. You started all this shit. It ain't no fun when a rabbit got the gun. You hear me? And Jackie's, uh, the Bugs Bunny ass took her shot and then cried immediately after. So just leave the damn lady alone, hell. And then Evan, j- just let Evan cheat in peace, okay? <laughs> if Jackie ain't going to do nothing about it, let the man cheat in peace, Okay. Melissa comes out because she's mad and she hears Teresa going off about something. She's asking what she's going off about, yada, yada, yada. And now it's about, it It, it takes a turn, hell. Now it's about Joe Gidici, whatever comments that were about Joe Gorga. Honestly, I don't remember what the fuck that man said about Joe Gorga. I just remember his ass was mad, okay? <laughs> Melissa says that she doesn't need to stick up for Teresa because Teresa ain't no punk bitch, then she turns the damn cheese platter over It's it's, it's cheese and uh brie and uh blue cheese all over that damn floor Now, what did the charcuterie do to your ass? That charcuterie didn't do shit to you. The gag was though she started cleaning up that shit immediately after she uh <laughs> after she knocked it on the damn floor. I know that's right. she must have remembered that uh she was at Dolores's house and that she a whoop Melissa asked for wasting all the damn cheese everywhere. And for asking all them damn questions at David house last week. See Dolores don't forget. I know that's right. Dolores. I wouldn't forget either. All of this sets Joe Gorga off. He lets it all out about how he'll never forgive Joe Judici for putting her in jail. And now he basically killed his mother. Teresa said, no, We were talking about Jackie. Joe said, Forget Jackie. (laughs) I know Jackie was in the kitchen, like, Now, how I get in there? You see how I just get thrown and stuff? I ain't even did nothing. I know that's right, Jackie. Thank God for Dolores for talking some sense into these people. This, listen, this is the most Jersey shit. I've ever seen before because after this whole Mayweather Pacquiao fight all of them motherfuckers kissed and made up within three damn minutes of the scene listen y'all who y'all a lot to follow child (laughs) it took everybody in the state of New Jersey from this moment on to convince Teresa to apologize to Jackie or at least to try to convince her child Listen, do y'all remember that uh, that scene in Infinity Wars when Doctor Strange is uh fighting Thanos and he splits into like a thousand different versions of himself and then he throws that chaos magic whoo, down there and all of them attack and they trying to pull him all from different directions. That's how they doing Teresa ass in this episode. At this point in the episode, I'm nervous that Evan is gonna come in tomorrow, not because I think he'll actually do something to Teresa. But if he says something crazy or threatens her, Joe Gorga might lose his fucking mind. Even Dolores says she doesn't think that he's coming there in peace. Child, the next morning, everybody is on pins and needles. Not just about Evan, but now they nervous about how to hear Teresa go act out the rest of the day. Because y'all know Teresa, you never, you never know what she on when she show up somewhere. So at some point, everyone in Dolores' house makes their way over to the Gorga Beach house. Jackie... I feel bad for always rolling my eyes at you, but you forgave Teresa so damn easily just because you're afraid of confrontation. Teresa needed her feet held to the fire, and that's coming from a historically big Teresa fan. You know, I think Teresa's the goat in this shit. One of the goats, one of the goats. Don't get it twisted, one of the goats. But she needed to have her feet held to the fire, but you're definitely not the one to do it. See, I miss... I, I rarely ever miss Caroline Manzo or uh, Jacqueline Loretta. But you have to admit, those days when Teresa had some formidable opponents, man, those were the days right there. I'm telling you, those were the damn days. Whew. I always think about, y'all remember that season three reunion, that season four reunion? It was literally Teresa versus everybody on that stage. Everybody. Chad Evan gets there at some point, and just like his wife, he forgives Teresa immediately. Punkies. After some fun activities and some drinks, they all sit down for lunch, and after some vibrator and masturbation conversation. Ooh, that's a good name for a podcast. I want this out there right now. Uh, uh, copy mark, trade right. What's it called? Wait a minute trademark, copyright, y'all know what the hell I mean. Marge brings up Jennifer keeping it going last night. Now, why Jennifer is taking the brunt of this, I have no idea. She said, because you told Teresa what Joe said. Uh, But Teresa was the one going around the party saying all the shit in the first place, wasn't it? I mean, I'm just saying, why try to shift blame now? What is this gonna accomplish, especially after these two fools have already made up today? Child. The men got up and left because they weren't trying to hear that shit. Jennifer, after they both said they're allowed to have their opinions, was like, the way you treated your husband last night was embarrassing. Marge says Jennifer embarrasses her entire family by drinking in public the way that she does at that damn party. Jennifer said, well, Marge, you've had some sloppy moments too, like fucking your boss. Marge gets pissed off and says that there was a man in a position of power taking advantage of a young girl. Child, this shit gets nastier and nastier. Both of them are wrong as hell because Marge walks off and she starts calling Jennifer a sugar baby and a concubine and all type of things. See, why do men and women with careers outside of the home, feel the need to treat the stay-at-home moms like that, as if like there's so much lesser and all this kind of stuff. I hate that shit no matter what show it's on. It always annoys the hell out of me. Marge and Jennifer, they're just they they're not going to ever like each other. That's just what it is. I don't care what anybody says. Marge has never respected Jennifer, and Jennifer is always willing to get in the gutter with Marge, no matter what the situation is. I mean, it's a, a recipe for disaster, but it's a recipe for amazing reality television, too. Ciao. Let me get the hell out of here because I've been ranting and raving about these damn reality shows for way too long now. I'm going to see if I can find me a nice uh, jail cell to sleep, my, to sleep my hangover off in. They better not put Jen Shaw in there next to me. If they do, she better have makeup on because if she ain't got no makeup on, I probably won't recognize her ass no way. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, Housewives Marvel Podcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you.